Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we are joined by the podcaster and writer who dives deep into the vampiric entertainment and the filmography of Oscar Isaac. We're delighted to welcome the host of both Fan Club Podcast and Oscars Podcast, Leah, back to the show. Welcome, Leah. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so excited to be back, and I'm so glad that I get to record with Jude this time, too. Last time it was just you and I, Trey, so I'm excited to be here with the whole gang. Yes, uh, I'm sorry I missed it. It's... You know, it was so weird because because we were on your pod, the Oscar pod, there was some element. It was like, wait a minute, but I've I've worked with her before, but that was that was your pod, um, and it was a wonderful episode. I loved listening to. It's a weird experience, but fun experience to hear someone else talk about it, and like me not be there, and then because I like want to jump in, and yeah, but it was. Thank you so much for that. And of course, uh, as you did mention, you were here for the She-Hulk episodes. Um, and at that, we did cover your two podcasts, Oscars podcast and fan club podcast. But something that's happened since the last time you were on is that you got to do some written recaps for the first season of the interview with a vampire. I was wondering if you can let our listeners know what that was like and what it was like covering a show in a written format. Oh, it was so much fun. I am actually now a staff writer for ScreenSpec, which is the website uh, that um, the website that I wrote the recaps for. And they're a wonderful, a wonderful crew. You should definitely check out ScreenSpec. They uh, do TV and film coverage. They have reviews and also features and uh, lots of silly things as well. They have a whole section called <laughs> Jester's Privilege. Uh, lots of fun silly pieces in there. Um, so yeah, this was my first time recapping a show um, in written form. And it was so much fun. I lucked out because interview with the vampire season one was totally my jam. I loved the show. So it was so much fun to recap it. I looked forward to watching the episodes and I look forward to writing the recaps. So I really lucked out because it was a show that I loved. There was so much to dig into. Um, yeah, it was a great, a great experience. I haven't seen the show, but I did get a chance to just look over the format, and it was really nice to see the way you were recapping the episode. And then I like the inclusion of just your notes at the <laughs> end, which was such a cool way to like get to see your thought process as it went. I know. I love when written recaps have little sections at the end for sort of um, notes or stray thoughts or stray questions or things to kind of think of or think about, you know, moving forward into the next episode. Um and so, yeah, I had to include those in mine and I had to call them interview notes because, you know, you got to oh, be of on course. Theme. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes there are just things you have to include and you can't derail the flow of your of your main your main text. But sometimes there are just things you got to get in there. Like, I can't stop thinking about this. Couldn't fit it in the main body. But you got to know. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's always been the uh, the stray thought section for our podcast. So that's cool to see the spirit of that in uh, written. Now, another thing, uh, by the time this episode comes out, your podcast, Oscars podcast, will be coming back from hiatus. Yes. Uh, what was it like doing that first season? And now, uh, what's it like getting prepared for the next half of it? It's been so fun. I mean... Oscars podcast is the first podcast I've done where I have guests on regularly. So I have a new guest on for each episode, which is different from Fang Club, my vampire film podcast. I do that with a regular co-host like you and Jude. 
Um, and so it's been really different having new people on every episode. Uh, it's been really great. I've met so many uh, wonderful podcasters and people in this podcasting community. Uh, and it's been really rewarding. But with scheduling guests for every episode, it's there, there can be logistical issues sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take a, a break in February just to schedule more guests and get ready and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, get going. So yeah, we covered quite a few of Oscar's greatest hits in the first uh, batch of episodes. We talked about Moon Knight, of course, with you guys. We talked about Ex Machina. We talked about Inside Lewin Davis. Um, and there are still some big ones that we haven't talked about. So when we come back in March, we're going to start it off with Star Wars. And I'm really, really, really excited about that episode. And I know a lot of uh, my listeners have also been waiting for the Star Wars episode. So that'll be fun. I'm curious. What was a movie, at least in this first series, that you went in thinking one thing and you came out after the recording with like a different take or view or appreciation? Well, I will say I covered uh, Sucker Punch in the first 10 episodes. I had never seen Sucker Punch before. It's a much maligned, much hated movie. And I went into it like expecting to really not enjoy it. And I kind of loved it. Um, so that was kind of a discovery. I was like, am I a sucker punch girly? Am I a Zack Snyder <laughs> defender? <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. Um, and then also, I think uh, with our Ex Machina episode, I had a really great conversation with the guest on. Her name was Veronica Phillips. And uh, when we were talking, we she helped kind of uncover a new angle for for sort of interpreting and thinking about the film uh, that I really enjoyed. And so I think even though I had seen that film quite a few times before, I think that my discussion with Veronica helped me see the film in a new light, um, which is always really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing what you've been working on uh, for our listeners. And of course, uh, we will link to that in the show notes, which if I'm not mistaken, I think you just recently created a link tree. So that's going to make this part of the job I so did. much easier. <laughs> so, I did. So that I'm people a professional. Can, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll include that in the show notes and you can find all of Leah's wonderful work there. Now, of course, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we're going to be talking about what is the best Disney Plus Marvel show using our tournament style brackets. Now, if you're unfamiliar, the way we're going to do this is we're going to take all eight of the main Disney Plus shows, put them in a randomized uh, generator and go round by round until we are left with one. To make things interesting, we are going to get five minutes on the clock. And no matter what we're talking about, when that timer goes off, we have to vote and see who moves on. So I'm excited. I uh, we haven't done this one in a while. This is always the part that messes me up. Like I, because not knowing, and you know, depending how the random seeds it, like, well, if you, it, you know, remember you listened to our first one and you had was it Thor that moved on over something? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. There's always a wild card that seems to pop in from that first round. Yes. Uh, which, speaking of something that I think has helped clarify for the listeners how we'll be evaluating these is taking some time here at the top to explain our criteria of you know what we're looking for. So starting with you, Leah, what are you evaluating these Disney Plus shows on as we move through the rounds? All right. So my biggest one, which might seem kind of obvious, is I'm thinking about how much did I enjoy these shows as TV shows? Did I enjoy mm-hmm. watching week to week? Did I enjoy individual episodes? Was Yeah, was I looking forward to tuning in every Wednesday or whatever? 
And I mentioned this last time that I was on the podcast that sometimes after a decade plus of being an MCU fan, sometimes it can feel a little obligatory, like you have to tune in to stay caught up. Um, and that's just kind of part of the deal sometimes. Um, and so when I'm thinking about these TV shows, I'm thinking about, you know, how much was me tuning in because I had to keep up and I didn't want to miss anything. And how much was like, no, I'm genuinely enjoying the show. I'm invested in the characters. I'm invested in the story. Um, I'm enjoying watching week to week, et cetera. So that seems kind of basic, but that's my main criteria. No, I think that's, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, I mean, cause it's, it's a long form show, right? And especially with that week to week, if they're able to pull you in with that excitement, let me see the next one. Uh, I think they're doing their job. So I think, I think that's a wonderful criteria. Especially because it was already starting to shift, but Disney plus I felt really spearheaded online shows going from binge to week to week. And it was for that week to week conversation. Those like water cooler moments. So I think that is a really good criteria to uh, be our North star through the. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jude? What are you uh, looking for as we go through these? <laughs> My first thought was anything without party. Thor. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, I think Leah hit it right on the head with that idea of the feeling of being obligatory. And, you know, that is very important. What's drawing you in? I honestly, I think for me, and again, this is weird because, because it's, it's also about where, what gets seated where there is an element of what, what did I feel like I got something new, you know? Um, and, and and again, it's weird because what if is like old stuff redone in a creative way, and so 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 that one's kind of weird. But that's the ultimate thing of like for me is like okay, what what did what did they give us that's new that that's pushing the MCU further? So you know, I think my criteria is is very much adjacent to yours because you have the standard stuff of like you know how were the performances from the actors that were in it how was the story uh for me one of the the two defining things outside those general things is rewatchability and the what impact did it have on the mcu which i think is me leaning in the opposite direction because it is part of that obligatory nature but it is also part of the experience so that's something uh, that will be helping inform my decisions as we move. This is fantastic. I think we are about ready to begin. So I'm going to go ahead and quickly randomize these and I will share the link with y'all. Hey. Let's cross my fingers. <laughs> I know this is the scary part. I'm like, don't give me a hard one to start. <laughs> I know, right? Like, don't make me choose between like Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. <laughs> Right? Like if. Uh. <laughs> All right, Trey. This is the part where I'm so gl- thankful for editing because it takes me forever to do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to put it in the chat, but as you can see in the call, hopefully you'll be able to see this if it's not too small to read. Here we go. I can already tell the first one's going to be really hard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I jinxed it. I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> well. 
I'll give you time, Tim, for general reactions before we jump into this and build that anticipation for the listener. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I'll say this. I just, just as the listeners are waiting, um, it's going to be tough, but I, I think they're fair matchups. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Like, okay. if I wasn't relying on a random element and I was trying to make the most brutal bracket possible, this is what I would come up with. <laughs> like, if I could choose, this is who I would pit each one against. So uh, we're in for a ride. So, of course, All right. Leah, we are going to start with you. We're going to be debating between WandaVision and Loki. We've got five minutes on the clock starting now. Okay, I'm going to say my gut feeling is to go with Loki. Um, I really enjoyed the first half of WandaVision. I didn't like how it ended. Um, I feel like maybe it's it's tied to kind of what we were talking about earlier. I felt like the back half of the season, particularly the last like couple episodes, were really focused on on positioning the the se- the season in the wider MCU and kind of lost focus of what made the show kind of particular and interesting and funky at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and Loki kind of did that too. I will say the end of Loki when they brought in Kang and all of that, it was kind of like, okay, we're setting this up for, for further properties. Um, but in my opinion, I felt like Loki was more consistently enjoyable week to week. But I also love Tom Hiddleston, so I'm kind of biased. Tom Hiddleston <laughs> is a hell of an edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Elizabeth Olsen as well. <sighs> I I know where I'm leading. Jude, based on how much you seem distraught, I kind of want to throw to you first. Well, well I just, I, you know, because what you said the week to week, I think I was more looking forward week to week with WandaVision because I was so taken with the concept. Right. Uh, but I think Leah makes a great point And the the ending finish and if i'm going to stick to my criteria something new we get jonathan majors at the end of loki so that that grief is is the love persevering of wanda not moving on so something that is part of my criteria is the impact in the mcu Right now, as it stands, the impact that WandaVision had was Multiverse of Madness, which isn't fair to the show because with my other criteria, rewatchability, Leah, you hit the nail on the head. Those first few episodes were so stylized, were so perfect. It created that water cooler moment of everybody was talking about WandaVision. People who didn't watch the MCU Mm -hmm. were watching WandaVision. And so I, I'm torn here because Loki. But well, that's a good point. It brought in a new audience. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, that would go towards the biggest, bigger impact. That's a more of a. Yeah, I mean, impact. it didn't bring in a new audience. But I would argue that I think, yes, WandaVision sets up multiverse of madness. But I think Loki introduces the multiverse concept also mm-hmm. and kind of sets up expectation that the mcu is going to go you know uh hard go harder with this concept of the multiverse and you and you know even having the multiple versions of loki having the version of loki that's the main character in the show not being the one that's in the main mcu Mm -hmm. um kind of timeline 
I don't know. I think that that pushes this sort of multiple timelines, multiverse um, vision just as much as WandaVision. I'm not going to lie. Before I started talking, I thought I had an answer and now I'm scared. I don't know if I have an answer anymore. (laughs) You know, I spoke in, in favor of WandaVision with the creativity, the swings that it was taking. Loki, for the longest time, was at the top of my rankings. I love that series. I love the way it felt like it was dealing with the futility. I loved how when we were covering here on the podcast, we talked about, oh, there's no way they could introduce a villain at the last episode. And it ended up being one of my favorite episodes because not many MCU shows and movies can end with a conversation and be that gripping. I think I'm leaning Loki now. I don't know. Wanda, I'm just throw this in there with the last couple of under a minute. <laughs> Wanda did have an impact going backwards and forwards. And I don't know how much of Loki had an impact going backwards as much as it was mainly forwards. How so explain that. How did WandaVision have an impact backwards? Um, I think because it, it fleshed out Wanda and vision yeah. and you were able to take back to when she was younger and you have that wonderful and sad scene of, of why the television shows and, and the bombings um, where she lost her parents. So it, it makes the past better and sets up the future. Yeah. As soon as you said, it, it was like, there was the magic trick that I kept talking about. It was mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> it's time to vote. <laughs> um, Jude's Leah, in- I, I, you it off. What's up? I was like, Leah kicked it off. Let's have her vote first. All right. I, I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with Loki, but I won't be mad if WandaVision wins. This is a really, really even matchup. So yeah. I'm sticking with Loki, but you made some really, really great points. Jude. I'm actually going to vote Loki. That last point was just to try to stress Trey out. You did. Wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting Loki as well. So Loki is moving on. Oh, dude, you're you've gotten really good at like just making me twist and knots here on the podcast. <laughs> what are friends for? Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So it should be reflected on your screen. Loki is moving forward. Up next, we have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus Moon Knight. Jude. We're starting with you five minutes on the clock starting now. Well, look, we get the wonderful scene of Sam Wilson showing his strength with the truck and saving the day. Um, no, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm struggling to find a good argument for Falcon, the winter soldier. Uh, I loved, I actually really enjoyed it. I loved that they tackled um, race and, the everyday lives, you know, of like, Hey, you don't have a job. You can't get a lot. Like just all, of, all of that stuff. Um, but the, for me, moon Knight had me episode to episode. What's going to happen next. Right. And, and here's where it's tough. Cause my criteria is, is kind of like that impact moving forward. Falcon and Winter Soldier, we have Captain America New World Order. We we know there's that impact. But yet, Moon Knight still kind of 
in shadows, right. Of, of like what's going to happen. So that's, that's where it's tough for me. Um, but I still would say my, my love of the show week to week might win out on this one. Leo, which way are you leaning on this one? I mean, I don't think I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole podcast dedicated. Um, so no, Falcon? my vote goes for Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> my, go- my vote goes for Moon Knight uh, for exactly the reason that Jude said. I enjoyed it week to week better. There were ideas and, and aspects of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I enjoyed. Um, and I really liked the dynamic between um, Sam Wilson and Bucky. And I think the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the first time I've ever enjoyed Bucky as a character. <laughs> I can admit that on air. Um, <laughs> but so, and I liked that aspect of it. And as you said, I, I liked that it touched on on race. And I liked, you know, I'm still not over the reveal that the Avengers don't get paid. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and so it's pro bono work. (laughs) Tony Stark went and then it all went to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So there are aspects of it that I liked, but I thought overall as a show, it didn't cohere for me. And I didn't really, I wasn't that invested in the sort of central plot with the terrorist group. And I, the Falcon and the winter soldier is one that to come back to that word felt obligatory for me. Like I felt like I was watching because I wanted to know how they were going to set up the new captain America. Um, and I, I think, I guess to go against like both of your criteria, I enjoyed how Moon Knight stood alone. I enjoyed that Mm -hmm. it introduced a new hero. I enjoyed that it didn't, uh, labor to fit in with the MCU as a whole. Um, and of course the Oscar Isaac of it all. Yeah. Well, and I, and I will say, I agree with you on that because there's that element of Moon Knight introducing something new. It just, it just have no idea where it's going right now. Yeah. And and that's what I was going to play off as well with Moon Knight of the ones we've discussed so far. And in the history of the Disney Plus shows, it is the first one to have a new character anchor the show. Not only did it have the job of creating an interesting show, it was introducing something new to the MCU. And it it is its own standalone. Now, my criteria of like what has it added to the mcu so far jude you're 100 percent correct uh moon knight is still up in the air we, we don't know where that's going to be um captain america is obviously a major figure and i love what they were able to do not even just whether or not sam wanted to accept the role but him dealing with that frustration of how bucky and steve didn't even consider how he felt about it and that it was just thrusted to him and i thought that was such a wonderful storyline But as a show, I found myself enjoying Moon Knight a lot more than I did Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, It's got the rewatchability Mm -hmm. and it's got that same WandaVision feel of week to week. Everybody was like, what is going on in Moon Knight? Specifically because every three episodes there was a WTF moment that was thrown our way. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, if I. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say we have like 15 seconds left, but I think that there is an impact on the MCU with Moon Knight in a meta way. Mm-hmm. I think in the way that we talked about on my podcast, mm-hmm. where I think having Oscar Isaac take this role of a main superhero really is pushing forward, like the types of actors that the MCU wants to draw in the ability for the MCU well, to draw yeah. in a list talent to anchor a show. Um, and also the introduction of horror 
and the Moon Knight is like kind of a horror tin show. And I think that that other Phase Four um, properties, whether it's uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness or Werewolf by Night, they're all kind of playing on that. So I don't mm. know. I, that's my no, I, that's uh, those are excellent points. Yeah, as good closing arguments as the uh, timer went off there. Yeah. <laughs> it is time to vote though jude i'm gonna fi- this is a new rule i think we're introducing since we started with you we're gonna turn to you what's your vote i'm gonna go with moon knight um i, I think it's self-explanatory the only thing i would say also is i was just uh, twice at the very end on your argument straight you said like but with this pause and i immediately thought of like finding nemo and thought like he meant to say boat because <laughs> that's because that's that's all you went on and on about when we watched it and talked about it is the boat the boat storyline the boat was fantastic yeah. there there are aspects that i love so much but as a whole my heart's with moon knight in this one yes. <laughs> leah i think just for the record moon knight moon knight it's moving on <laughs> so as brutal as this bracket looked when we first started these have been relatively easy picks so far. So so far, but this one's the next one's the one that let's change it. <laughs> let's make things a little <laughs> bit harder. <laughs> so up next, we have Miss Marvel versus Hawkeye. And we're starting with me. Five minutes on the clock starting now. I This I love Hawkeye. Miss Marvel, I was raving about week to week. Like I was practically screaming in the microphone about how much I enjoyed what the show was doing. And there is an element of when it came out, it was it was between no, it was following up Moon Knight uh, and Multiverse of Madness. And it was this much needed levity that I feel like even going back into the year prior with No Way Home, we were just dealing with so many heavy topics and Miss Marvel reminded like, oh, you can have fun. And it's not at the expense of telling moving stories because there were so many impactful stories about family line and, and uh, dealing with the origins of your family and how that inter- interacts with your day-to-day life in the present. It still captured that teenage feel that Amon Vellani just so masterfully put on mm-hmm. screen. So as mm-hmm. much as I love Hawkeye right now, it's hard for me to see picking anything but Miss Marvel. Uh, Hawkeye defenders want to step I'm, up. I'm going to, I'm going to let Leah go after that. Cause I'm still, no, I mean, I think you said it perfectly, Trey. Like it's just kind of an unfair matchup to Hawkeye. Cause Hawkeye was really fun. I really enjoyed, um, Haley Steinfeld's lead performance. I really enjoyed the sort of mentor mentee relationship between, um, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye and, uh, and Haley Steinfeld's character. And I, it was, it was, that show was also fun. And so I, and, and as you said, Trey, you know, kind of in contrast to some of the heavier things that were going on in the main, on the main films. Um, and yeah, I loved that we got more Elena. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved the Avengers musical number. <laughs> like that <laughs> was made right? for yeah. me. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. But Ms. Marvel is just, pretty much as close to perfect as you can get, in my opinion. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, you said everything I wanted to say. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like a devil's advocate argument, but I, I think I'm you struggling. spotlighted one, maybe unintentionally. I'm going to use this to throw to you, Jude. 
using the impact of the MCU as a criteria. Hawkeye has put Avengers the Musical in almost every project since it's come out. It's been an Easter egg in every movie. So that's kind of textbook impact right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I've been, my struggles, I've been trying to lay out what would be the best argument for Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I I loved that show. That was that was my favorite for the longest time of all the shows, and it beat out Wandavision. I loved Wandavision because of the, the conceptual thing. But my fresh, the best one I could come up with was the I felt like in Hawkeye, you know, because you typically have that A plot B plot. I feel like the B plot, if that is like Yelena. And, and some of those uh, other elements was a much better B plot and a stronger cast, right? That So that you were able to take an A plot of this passing on of a Hawkeye that melds the past and the future passing on to Kate Bishop and a, a impactful B plot that melds the past and the present, right? Which... I thought that was wonderfully done. Um, Which to add to that, but I know my own, I know my own counter to that argument though. That's the problem. (laughs) And I think that's the best one I could come up with with Hawkeye. So to throw in a little devil advocacy here, you highlight a strength of Hawkeye, which I think could be an argument of a weakness for Miss Marvel. The villains are kind of that B plot air aspect in Miss Marvel. And that is without a doubt the weakest part um, mm-hmm. to illustrate. I'm desperately trying to remember the name of that group, the clandestines. Uh, they yes. were unfortunately the weakest point and wasn't enough to tank the show for me. But I think if we go match up, match up Hawkeye, I liked those side plots more than Miss Marvel's. Mm-hmm. Right. I hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, Hawkeye beats out Miss Marvel for that reason. I'm going to stop there and let the timer run out. I got one more thing to add before the timer. The mutants. That's it. Like it brought us the mutants. (laughs) 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 So, Oh, I was keeping that one in the back pocket in case we had a moment like last time where I thought Shang-Chi and Katie were going to lose. And I panicked. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so uh it's time to vote i'm going first clearly miss marvel leah were you casting your vote i'm gonna go with with miss marvel and it's really close but it's 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 an emotional decision i i so i'm going with miss marvel jude i God. i want to abstain um, <laughs> I, I love Hawkeye so much. Oh. I, I, like, like that is so was so rewatchable for me. I just go, uh, but y'all are right. Leah's mm-hmm. right. It has to go with Miss Marvel. It's such a good show. Um, and and honestly, I was saving it so it didn't count. But like, I'm counter. I, I already know the counter to my own argument on the A plot and B plot. It was you, you know as strong as all that was the the resolution of all of it was handled so much better in Miss Marvel. Um you know, and j- just the in fight sequence and just everything. And so yeah. So 
that is going to wrap up. No. <laughs> Friend Daniel is yelling at his podcast feed right now. <laughs> I know, right? See, I don't know, man. Cause, cause so that's, that's, this is, that's disappointing. Cause Hawkeye, I think was a strong enough that it, it could, it should have gone on to. Yeah. That's the toughest matchup in this first round. I think in my opinion, that's the one where I saw it when you showed us the bracket and I was like, Oh, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> It was the one division Loki no. got me, and the Miss Marvel Hawkeye was like, "Oh no, I'm going to start crying." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's our first three rounds. We're coming up of we're coming up on the last one, which is She Hulk Attorney at Law versus What If. Leah, we're coming back to you. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. Okay, I think. This is my answer. I had not watched What If until I was tapped for a guest, tapped to be a guest for this podcast. And then I was like, well, I should watch it. So I know what I'm talking about. But I think that speaks for itself. The fact that I just didn't even feel the need to watch it. Um, And I probably didn't need to watch it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) (laughs) I think, and, and, and even, you know, my disappointment with what if aside, she Hulk attorney at law was a fun show in its own right. And was really, it really um, is doing something different in format than the other eight, the other seven shows that we're talking about today. Um, It really tries to be kind of a traditional sitcom with these sort of meta elements thrown in. Um, It is kind of different in format. Um, and I think it's successful in a lot of ways at that. Um, and I love the character of She-Hulk. So even if She-Hulk were up against a stronger competitor, I think I would still be arguing for She-Hulk because I enjoyed it at its own right. Mm-hmm. I do want to say the closest I think the sanctity of the bracket has come in terms of like me committing foul play is I sent you like a gif of somebody praying when you told me you were going to watch what if in preparation for this because you hadn't seen it yet. (laughs) So it was just a little bit there, but I think you're right about how it speaks for itself that it was one that just slipped by you. It wasn't something you felt like you needed to watch. Mm -hmm. Now, when we started this bracket, when we were reacting to it, I did say if I was going to construct it, this would be what I would come up with without the random. And I find it because I was thinking about it. It is interesting to have She-Hulk and What If against each other because they're a little bit closer than any of the other shows in that aspect of more week to week. What If was a new scenario each week. She-Hulk was kind of like mm-hmm. case of the week, both having this overarching story that played out by the end. I feel like I know what the clear winner is. So I do want to say some praises for What If. For everything I didn't like about that show, the look of it was really good. Like that moment in, I think the second to last episode of the season where it is Clint and Natasha fighting the Ultron bots, where it is that shot of him falling down shooting as the Ultron bots are rising up. Like that has stayed with me since the show has aired. So even if it wasn't among my favorites, like it was really cool what they were able to depict on screen using characters we're familiar with. But for everything, I think what if does She-Hulk does it better. Like the week to week concise stories were so much more impactful, I think, on She-Hulk's part. Yeah. So I'm going to join you on that. The praise of what if, um, you know, something was made and it's, (laughs) (laughs) it takes a lot of talent to make something. No, Uh, I mean, it does, but I, here's where I think what if let me down the most or where also where it got most controversial in in talking with Trey, when we covered it, uh, my friend, Sean from work, we were on opposite ends of the spectrum 
and what we expected out of the episodes. I liked the episodes that were a little bit closer and little variations of what happened in the movies. Uh, Trey, my friend, Sean, or like, uh, I hate those episodes, but the ones that went way out and did something way different, you know, and, and <laughs> gosh, <laughs> anyways, um, it just derailed me. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, but like, I, it, no, it's okay. No, I, it really, it really didn't. Um, it derailed itself. Uh, so, like, I feel like they didn't have a clear vision of what they wanted to do. Y- you know, um, my expectations going in, y- you know, it just it fell flat. And I think I think they had a, they had a really missed opportunity there. Um, where She Hulk, I mean, I, I don't know if I can add anything positive that you all haven't already said. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I loved the creative risk and just to show how intelligent the writers were to say like that, that meta textual stuff. Yeah. And to jump on what you were saying, like, I feel like that what if didn't take enough risks, like, and as you said, didn't really have a cohesive vision of what it wanted to be. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed She-Hulk because it's, it went for bigger swings, I think, and pulled it off better. Mm-hmm. For as isolated as an episode could feel, it came around to a more cohesive package. But... Mm-hmm. Well, I have a feeling it's unanimous, but just for the record, Leah, what's your vote? She-Hulk attorney at law. Jude? She-Hulk attorney at law. She-Hulk attorney oh, at no, law. no, I'm sorry. Wait. Just you. Um. <laughs> she Hulk, attorney for hire. <laughs> but even all the way down to that, again, as we're talking about what if, that's probably the most disappointing of all of them because of that potential that was left on the table. And I will say, thinking it through after this conversation, I am looking forward to what if season two now to see if they learn from that experience well that is the first round of votes we're going to say goodbye to wandavision falcon and the winter soldier hawkeye and what if moving on next round you've got loki see that's go ahead i just said that's crazy because wandavision and hawkeye are both strong enough shows to move on Mm -hmm. yeah against any of the uh, okay yeah so we're going on to the next round we're coming back to you jude Loki versus Moon Knight. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. Oh my gosh! Um, my the first thing that came to mind was was Moon Knight and what Leah said about taking. You know, you get Oscar Isaac, and you get uh, Ethan Hawke. And now that I'm going to say that, I just forgot his name. Oh my gosh, Conchu, uh, um, the, the actor Murray that played Conchu. Yes. Um, like he's another big name that I don't, I don't know if people necessarily realized right away. Cause it was just a voice. Cause once I regu- realized who it was, it was like, Oh my gosh, it's Amadeus Salieri. Like, you know, I mean, this is, and so even to that extent, man, they had big names. Um, the, the, the only thing in the context where I might hold me back from voting for Moon Knight 
is it gives me what I wanted that week to week. It gives me, you know, something new. But if I consider and think about the impact of the MCU, I guess the question is what's what impact is more important? Because because uh, Leah brought up the genre impact and, and and pushing that, which is very important. But then there's also which is outside of the story. But in the story elements, Loki I think had a stronger impact of what's to come. And so it, it, I guess that's where I'm stuck. Is is which one do I think is a stronger impact? Man, this is tough because I'm listening to you. I'm trying to see where I land. I can go both ways between Loki and Moon Knight. I'll speak to why Loki resonated with me so much. And it is. I I think I highlighted the first round it was in here. It was that ability for this show to end on a conversation and it was gripping, which is a testament to like the writing of these characters thinking outside of being just superheroes doing actiony things. There was some of that, like you had that big chase sequence whenever uh, Loki and Sylvie were running away on the Lamentus. Uh, you had kind of a fight sequence again at the end of the episode where they were like pointing swords at Kang and then they kind of went back and forth between Loki and Sylvie. But even then that was used in a more narrative sense because you were seeing them being on the same side and through that fight sequence you quite literally see sylvie getting on the other side of loki and they're no longer together at this end of you know he who remains i feel like moon knight had some of the action sequences but those were so much more disjointed from what they were doing show so kind of talking that out of with my feelings i think i'm leaning loki for that reason Leah, don't hate us. Yeah. No, I actually think I'm leaning Loki. I oh, do. Oh, really? I, okay. I, I'm trying to, to take the Oscar Isaac out of it <laughs> <laughs> and think about which one I enjoyed more week to week. I enjoyed them both equally week to week. So that that's tough. Um, well, the problem is you can but, take Oscar Isaac, but you still got two more Oscar Isaacs in the show. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I I think I think it's it's exactly for the reason you were saying Trey. I feel like Loki had just slightly a more kind of unified vision of what it was trying to do with the season. I felt like as you said the action sequences didn't feel tacked on. I mean as much as I loved Moon Knight that finale was like what they make fun of in She-Hulk, the big fight at the end um that I really didn't think they needed to have as much as I loved the giant uh, Egyptian gods fighting in front of the the pyramid. That was a great image, but it did not justify the whole fight scene at the end. Um, and I think, Ooh, this is so tough. I know, but I, I, I do think even though this wasn't one of my criteria, I do think Loki has more of an impact in the MCU. Like you two are, are arguing in that. That is like both of you, spoke about that as a criteria. So uh, since it's pretty evenly matched between the two for me personally and the criteria that I laid out, then I've got to defer to you guys. And I, I think I'm leaning toward Loki. Mm. 
I feel like a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can blame it on the timer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we had more time, we could have worked this out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I think if there was, uh, well, let's vote first. So, cause I want to stick to the timer rules. Okay. Okay. So I believe we started with Jude. So you coming, you're coming up with a vote first, man. I'm going to have to say Loki for some of those reasons, you know, um, I will say, I'll say this, uh, since I cast my vote, if I think a difference maker would honestly have been, and I hate to say that cause it's outside the show. If they, if a moon Knight two had been confirmed or in development, yeah, we still don't know. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and that could have been a factor pushing, pushing moon Knight in, in there. But, but that's why, you know, I'll stick with Loki. Leah, I want to get your vote on the record, and then I want to follow that up after my vote, Jude. Uh, Leah, sorry to it's make so you so close. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. It's that's the the fun, right? This right? is fun for us torturing ourselves like this. That's um, why we podcast, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Loki. It's really really close, uh, but I think I'm gonna go with Loki. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going with Loki too. Loki moves on. That devilish trickster yeah. always finds a way. <laughs> I know, right? Watch, <laughs> he's going to win this. <laughs> okay. And I mean, we didn't mention him. We haven't mentioned him yet in our arguments, but I mean, Owen Wilson and Loki is great. And he's, you know, know. He's a, you know, I would say an A-lister of a sort. Um, so I don't know. My argument about that for Moon Knight kind of, I don't know. It works for Loki too a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All I was going to say. He's not playing a villain. He's a you know, sidekick. True. Uh, all I was going to add to what you said, Jude, is as good as like, I feel like there's a, a better Oscar Isaac vehicle in the MCU coming. Like that was a good first step. I feel like they're going to improve on where they started with Moon Knight. And that's where we'll really get to see that character and performances shine. Yeah, well, and that was one of the things if like. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say for Moon Knight, but I didn't because it feels very speculative is you have Oscar Isaac. How do you not with Avengers King, you know, King dynasty and secret wars. How do you not get him on the big screen somehow? You know? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, but at the same time, it's, does he want to be in that kind of ensemble movie? Is that something as a, but, but there, if I'm thinking in those terms, I feel like I'm bringing so much speculation and outside stuff that I, I just, it's like, I didn't want to bring it up. All right. Moving on with the bracket. Second to last round. Miss Marvel versus She-Hulk attorney at law. We're starting with me. Five minutes on the clock starting now. This is a very hard one. Uh, I, I spoke so highly where I think I know people, people know where I'm at on this one, but I'm going to try and, and highlight some positives here and see if I can't somehow swing a, a deciding vote here on my part. You know, I'm surprised it didn't come up when we were talking about it the first time, but in the recent Disney plus shows, we've had Haley Steinfeld had Amon Vellani. Uh, it wasn't a show, but in the movies we had Florence Pugh, all of these actors came in and made it a a mark of like, oh, yeah, they if they were always here, like somehow they were always part of the MCU before they made their debut. And Tatiana Maslany did exactly that with She-Hulk. 
And so it's hard to imagine any other take on that role than what we got. And that alone, I think, will I'm shoot as I'm saying this now, that alone has such a huge impact on the MCU based on what we talked about with the Daredevil Jennifer Walters relationship. As soon as I saw that on screen, that was something that I thought, oh, this is a plan changing chemistry. They're so good together. I would not be surprised if Jennifer Walters pops up in Born Again. Mm -hmm. So that that's a huge impact right there. I'm going to throw that grenade there and then sit back while you two discuss it before <laughs> I try and talk uh, myself in a corner. Leah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'll, let, uh, I'll say what I'm looking at with these two is Miss Marvel and She-Hulk both introduce new characters and they both are kind of origin stories of sorts. So we see in both seasons that um, both Jennifer Walters and, um, oh my God, what's her name? Kamala Khan? Yes, Kamala Khan. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> I was like, all I could think of was the actress's name. My brain yeah. kept so wanting to see... say Amon Vellani. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so you see both Jennifer Walters and Kamala Khan get their powers, and and they both kind of go through this this process of of becoming the superhero. And I think in when looking at them both as origin stories, I actually think Miss Marvel is more successful as an origin story, as an introduction of a hero. I think She-Hulk, as much as I enjoyed it, I think She-Hulk would have worked just as well, almost, if we just started with her when she was already She-Hulk. I mean, I, I liked... I liked the sort of thread of Jennifer Walters kind of accepting her She-Hulk side and integrating her two sides, and and I liked that. But I think that that still would have worked if we dropped in the story and she had been She-Hulk for a year or, you know, something like that. I thought one of the clunkiest parts of She-Hulk was that pilot episode. I really, really didn't like it with um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And I thought that the, the, the show didn't really hit its stride until they kind of dispensed with a lot of that origin story stuff. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm sticking with Miss Marvel here. Um, you know, in addition to the other things we talked about, but that was something that I was thinking about specifically with this matchup. Coming down to the I wire, thinking, minute and a half, Jude. Uh, okay, so I, I was thinking what you said, Trey, about Tatiana Mazzani. It didn't surprise me. Like, I've talked about Orphan Black on here so much. And anything I've seen Tatiana Mazzani in, she is phenomenal. To say that, Iman Vellani, this was her first role, and this was... And, and having read the Miss Marvel comics, like that was the comic come to life just as much as Tom Holland and Peter Parker or like, you know, um, man. And that, that was Miss Marvel. Um, I've been on record. She Hulk's my favorite of all the Disney plus shows, but if I have to choose between the two, Miss Marvel, I think has to go on because of Mon Vanali's performance. Um, I, I thought about, okay, the representation thing where like, does that, does Marvel get a edge because of representation in some ways I want to say yes, because of the cultural representation, um, and not just the cultural representation, um, of a Muslim character, but also generationally, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing the difference with the Illuminantes and stuff. So you got a wide spectrum of that diversity. Um, but that was still a difficult thought because like i i think she hulk had a good 
diverse representation and how Jennifer Walters was portrayed as a professional that you don't always see. Um, so that's why I was just like, oh, that's you get them both. But timer's up. Uh, it's coming up to me to vote first. Like I said, I tried. I tried to go to bat for She Hulk, but I knew where my heart was. It's Miss Marvel. <laughs> that's my vote. Leah, what? Uh, which way are you leaning on this one? It's also Miss Marvel, but again, Miss Marvel has beaten out some really tough competition because I did, I did enjoy She Hulk a lot, and and some of my favorite uh, individual episodes were She Hulk episodes. Like when that mm-hmm. show was hitting, it was hitting. Like oh, I don't yeah. think I've enjoyed anything more than the Wong episode of She Hulk. (laughs) Individually, (laughs) I loved it. But I think I got to go with overall um, consistency. And again, it's like like an emotional decision. I don't know. I just really enjoyed Miss Marvel. Um, It felt fresh. It felt Mm -hmm. sincere. It was funny. It it was moving. I don't know. I just got to go with my gut. Miss Marvel again. For the record, Jude? God, this is so hard. Because when Hawkeye came out, uh, that was my favorite. Miss Marvel came out, like, oh, this is the best. And, like, I, we did our What Are We Anticipating the Most episode. And it was She-Hulk. And it didn't disappoint. I, I love it. Um, something I didn't even think of until now is, like, there was an episode, uh, like, two episodes where we dealt with Jen Walters, just her, like then dealing with her and she Hulk. And like, it didn't, it, it was just character driven, you know? Um, and something we hadn't seen before. God, Miss Marvel is so good. Top to bottom. You know what? I'm going to say she Hulk just because like, it's my personal favorite, even though I know it just shouldn't go on. <laughs> I'm still going to go with She-Hulk because I can't let it go. Like, it's just, it was so good. And, and so, okay. And it was so, for me, unique and different. Yeah. You got to get the honor- honorary vote since uh, it already <sighs> played out that way. All right. Uh, we are down to our last round. We're moving back to Leah. We've got Loki okay. versus Miss Marvel, the juggernauts from the beginning all the way here now, five minutes on the clock, starting now. Mm, okay. So if I'm going to go by my own criteria, which did I enjoy the most week to week? Uh, I would have to say Loki because I, as much as I loved Miss Marvel, I thought that the overall, the overarching plot of Loki, this, sort of like the mystery element really kind of hooked me. Like I wanted to know what was going to happen. And I love tuning in every week and hanging out with the characters of Miss Marvel, but there wasn't like that plot hook, I think maybe is what it's kind of coming down to. Because as you mentioned, Trey, like I think the villains and the clandestines were maybe the weakest part of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, <clears throat> that's my argument based on my own criteria, but I don't, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, these brackets tend to make you really question your ranking. <laughs> well, since it's pretty clear that my vote will be for Miss Marvel, I'll go ahead and jump in here and lay down the argument. So it'll be a surprise where you're leaning, Jude. There are so many great aspects about Miss Marvel. We talked about it, the family, the joy, the capturing that coming of age through the superhero lens, which is a common trope, but done really well. 
something that stood out to me that I likened to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films is Miss Marvel took the time to make the community part of the superheroism as well. One of the scenes that stands out so much in those old Spider-Man films is you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And it brought them all together. You have that scene again at the end of Miss Marvel where they're joining together before Kamala is kind of fully into that superhero role. Uh, You get it again (laughs) whenever she's doing that high stepping across the city and we get not her point of view, which is the escapism. You get the joy of the everyday person. And to me, when I think of superheroes, that's what they are. It is that symbol of inspiration. And this show, episode after episode, got that. We got both scenes of the parents admiring Kamala as not only is she becoming a young adult, her own person, her own superhero, they watched her literally grow up into this person. So that to me is special that I don't think many of the other MCU shows really take the time to capture. That's my argument. Um, no, that's, that's good. Uh, man, so how, so, so I'm going to say this. I mentioned about the impact. And so it's really difficult because the way they tied in the past with Miss Marvel, I identified so much. I mean, I do a podcast on the MCU. Like, you know, I mean, that's, they had the podcast in there. I mean, she did the fan fiction and stuff. And, and so there's such a good way to tie it in. I identified with her so much on just how she saw the world and how much I thought it was like, Oh, that's like a good representation of the teenagers and ADHD and like just all of that stuff. It was so good. Uh, especially the ending. I love an ending that has, um, that knows how to get away from that redemptive violence, you know, where it's like, I'm, I can overcome without, you know, uh, having, uh, how do I put it With, without having again, without having to be the violent to do so. However, with Loki, the impact going forward with Jonathan majors and how long it's been and how much I'm excited to see him play that part again and to know we're going to get it again and again. Cause like Amon Vellani, it's going to be in the Marvels, but let's be honest. How much time is she actually going to get? That almost starts to feel. I mean, I have no one speculating, but almost like it is Carol Danvers' movie. You got Monica Rambeau. While you're talking that out, I do want to add. I'm going to say Loki. And the only thing I'm going to add on that is the decision that they had to make and this idea of like what's best for everybody and letting Kane go on or do what's best for them and killing Kane. You know, it was true to themselves, and it was such a tough decision. And I think, in a weird way, the right one. So, I'm gonna go Loki. The counter argument I have for the impact, because you mentioned, okay, Kamal is going to be a Miss Marvel. How much of a role? The fact that not only does that show nail an end tag better than any of the other Disney Plus shows, that end tag featured Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. So I'm assuming that is going to indicate she has a substantial role in Miss Marvel if she showed up for that. That was my 
attempt. The timer went off. So I, the timer I, so I guess off. I can't respond to it. Yeah. <laughs> Leah, do you, do you want to do the final thing since you, uh, finally final thoughts or argument since you kicked oh, it off? Oh man. I mean, I feel like I'm torn because I, you know, you made a great argument, Trey. I, I think that Miss Marvel really feels like a quintessential superhero story. And it feels like the best of what superhero stories can be. Um, but I think that Loki really played with the MCU specific stuff really, really well and really creatively. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, they're just so different. I can't mm-hmm. choose. Oh yeah. Um, are we casting votes? To this cast is vote time. Votes? Okay. <laughs> I know want- that I argued for Loki, but I, I, I think you persuaded me, Trey. I'm going to stick with Miss Marvel. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, she, she's my girl. <laughs> uh, Dude, look, I'm going to still stick with Loki. And, and, and the only thing is, well, I, I hate to say this because the timer went off. Um, and, and it's the counter to what you were saying about the intag, but and stuff. So yeah, I'll just leave that thought till after you vote. Then I'll say what it is. I'll go with Loki. It's Miss Marvel. Rules. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. I legitimately thought when I was reaching for the end tag, I was it was Sisyphusian of having to combat what you just <laughs> argued for Loki. Well, the thing the thing about the thing about the end tag is like we both know we both argued for Miss Marvel. Uh, no, She Hulk getting the end tags right of mm. all the shows finally, and so the the end tag thing it was just like was it really that good i mean the i know brie was. larson was there but comparatively and i'm just like i'm looking at it i'm just i'm just hoping they don't thor london you know thor love and thunder oh don't do this to me Amon Vellani. <laughs> you know, it's like oh we got it now what do we do let's just run them off really quick um like they did with guardians you know so that might be the end of the podcast if that goes the love and thunder route. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like so oh my gosh i can't which well, is so weird that i'm upset by that because most marvel is fantastic like it's a good winner but it's just and it's so funny too because you were the most conflicted about loki as it was happening <laughs> 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 oh there might have been a small part of me that wants to see loki win as well just because to, to keep with that theme of like just he never dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we have it now. Miss <laughs> Marvel's our winner. How's uh, how's everybody feeling after going through that? <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Miss Marvel, I think, is my one of my favorites of the shows that have aired. Um, it was a it was a front runner for me as I was like going through all of the scenarios in my head, like what's going to go up against what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I feel good about it, but I, yeah, I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel good about it too. For it's so funny to me because every time we've done a bracket episode, usually by round one, there's some like, Oh, that's the upset. And I don't think we had an upset till the end here. Like I can see, I can see some responses already. They're like, oh, I don't know. I would have went Loki, but it's so funny to me how difficult this bracket looked. But for the most part, it went like I thought it would. Mm-hmm. What what I found interesting as we went through it was just the progression of the shows. Because if you would have told me, here's 
the slate of shows coming out. We watch WandaVision. In my head, that was so good and so out there of a, a risk of a concept that I have a hard time imagining any of these shows beating that. Right. Um, and so, and so thinking about the progression of like, Oh my gosh, then they did this, you know, I mean, we didn't even bring out like the soundtrack for Loki. Yeah. You know, which was amazing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, reluctantly happy with it because you know mine didn't go 100% my way but Ms. <laughs> Marvel is definitely worthy of a win oh I was going to say one thing about Miss Marvel that we really didn't get to in our bracket um, because none of us had brought it up as a criteria is that I thought that the visual language of Miss Marvel was really really fun and I loved the aesthetic of it and I feel like even though it didn't have sort of a, a concept like WandaVision you know where every episode they were kind of self-consciously mimicking a, an era of sitcom or whatever. I feel like Miss Marvel still created this really cool, fun, poppy, distinct, very um, teenager-y um, aesthetic that I really, really liked. And that added a lot to the show for me. And I think it's one of the the strongest shows visually and aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also makes it a worthy winner for me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that. Like I have an argument as to why Loki should beat it for that reason. Oh, really? Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think Loki was the other one that also had a very strong yeah. aesthetic, but yeah, I want to yeah. hear what's your well, argument. Okay, because I loved, again, I identified with it of like, Oh, that's what it's like to feel scattered. And next thing you know, you're just here imagining, you know, and, and just the visual aesthetic was fantastic. But there was a couple of episodes in there when they left the States where that went away. And I was like, and and what bothered me about that is if like, that's so much a part of how she sees the world that shouldn't have gone away. And then it came back. And so that as a strong part of the show, there was a lack of consistency that they, they dropped off and then brought it back. Whereas Loki visually was consistent. There was no real lack of consistency in a, in a drop off. So, but again, I didn't think of the visuals because criteria, I had my my head thinking of those things and I just completely forgot about making an argument in, in that sense. It's really interesting what arguments get brought up under the pressure of time and what argument, <laughs> oh, I should have said that as soon as we're off the clock because everything comes flooding back in. And no, I, I think you bring up a good point because I remember us having that discussion whenever we were covering Miss Marvel about how the way that your experience with ADHD was seen through that first few episodes and then dropped, that doesn't make sense. And I didn't, cause I, I said like, Oh, it makes sense story wise because she's at a place where she's like, Oh no, you need to focus, but that's not how that works. And so, or that's not how ADHD is. It's not something that just turns on and off. And so I, I do see that argument and I, it makes me appreciate the consistency in Loki a lot more because through out at all it was this meshing of like vintage and new technology throughout the entire time to create that feel which is as impressive Mm -hmm. i didn't want to throw this out there just for fun we don't have to take the full five minutes but we all kind of lamented uh wandavision versus hawkeye in an alternate universe if we had to pick between those two where where are we leading I think I think this bracket had the smallest amount of participants we've had so far. 
So mm-hmm. it went a little quicker. So that's why I'm like, let's 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 throw in this curveball here. I would put my vote for WandaVision in that matchup, I think, because mm-hmm. as much as I enjoyed Hawkeye, I felt like WandaVision was such a strong way to start these Disney Plus shows. It got everybody interested. It made a statement that these shows are going to be um, take some creative risks and do something fun and different and try to take advantage of the television format. I mean, I really love the self-consciousness of like making their first um, MCU TV show be you know about TV and, <laughs> and, and TV mm-hmm. sitcoms. Um, and we got the introduction of the wonderful new character of Agatha and, uh, and I really liked the way that it worked, as you said, Jude, to set up things for the future and also flesh out things from the past, because it made me care about Wanda in a way that I really hadn't before. Mm -hmm. Um, so as much as I enjoyed Hawkeye, again, it's a, it's a close matchup, but I think WandaVision was such a strong statement to start, um, and set the whole, you know, TV show, Disney plus TV show, uh, enterprise off so well that i i think it's got to be one division for me that's convincing it is to me and 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 the, the and the reason why i said that is is what you said about what they did for the wanda character and thinking back to your what you were saying about falcon and the winter soldier how like you really didn't because you're right like if you look at what we got of bucky prior to falcon and the winter soldier it's just snippets here and there you don't spend a lot of time with them and you really get to see him and get to know him here. Like you do Wanda. Whereas Hawkeye, you actually got to spend some time with him and got to know him and see his story in age of Ultron in, um, in game. And, um, even for the brief part of civil war, you learned a lot about him and who he is, you know? So he didn't feel like this side character that needed to be fleshed out. And there were, and so in, in that sense, WandaVision did more than than Hawkeye. Although it's still hard to like not have Kate Bishop and Yelena move on. Right? And there it's again the 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 forcing of the timer just makes it so stressful. Uh you know hearing you talk Leah, I think another testament to WandaVision is it's the first of the Disney Plus shows that an original not original character but a character launched in the series gets their spin-off. We know Agatha Coven of Chaos is on its way. And I am almost without a doubt sure that is because Catherine Hahn is amazing. It's Agatha. So. Yeah, it would it would be well, hard. For it, me to... it had me questioning so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I said, Moon Knight reminded me of the week to week WTF moments. WandaVision started the week to week WTF moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think I think if it, I think WandaVision's would help me appreciate Moon Knight in a weird way, you know. And, and Trey and I have talked about this, and and I don't know if we've ever fleshed it out on the pod, but it's just this whole idea of like and people phase four and where is it going and stuff, and and it's like we we've, we've been trained so much to look for these connections that in the first watch, it's like we didn't. We, maybe myself, but they didn't fully appreciate WandaVision necessarily because you're wondering, who is the big bad? Is it Mephisto? And looking for all these little connections because you're trained. Oh, Reed Richards is here because you know it's coming. And and it's like, and then when it, none of that really happened and you kind of realize it was like, oh, even Agatha wasn't really a 
true villain. It's it's the wrestling with grief, and you know, is and that is not even a villain. It's just a personal story. It's like it helped me kind of like think about okay, I got to reset my mind and quit expecting that. Which by the time you get to Moon Knight, I'm like, okay, let's just give it to me, and which made it a, a better watch, you know. Well. Cool. I'm glad we got to take that little bit of a detour just to see it again. It, it is the randomness of these placements that add, make such interesting conversations because in an alternate universe, I'd love to see uh, one division go up against another one and get a little bit further into the rounds and should have, could have, I guess one matchup. One matchup that would have been interesting too is WandaVision and uh, She-Hulk because they both really play with that sitcom format. So obviously, yeah. so that would mm-hmm. have been an interesting matchup too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm combing through now trying to see I'm, like what else. I know. I'm trying to think what, what, what would I, well, those who I'm automatically like trying to put arguments together. What would, what would I say? <laughs> well, um, I'm going for the, the funny one would be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and what if. Because I know it, oh, those oh, sure. usually tend to be at the bottom of the list, but when you have to choose between them, I don't know. I I think I'd still go Falcon over What If. Gripes yeah. it up. Well, I think I think the weak points that we mentioned about the weak points that we mentioned about What If, where it was like, okay, they didn't. It's not one for one. Whereas What If, it's like, okay, you didn't feel like you cl- clearly knew what you wanted. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I feel like format wise truly stayed to the idea of here's a six hour movie chopped up into pieces and it's a series. It's this, you can't treat it that way. And I, and I think that made it, you know, like, like I'm wondering if, if you watched it just all the way through without the break for the first time through, would it feel like a movie and some of those things that, you're like, ugh, you know, we, we just don't think about it and gloss over because you know I'm doing it in one sitting. Um, and and Trey and I talk about it. You get this AB cadence sometimes. This episode sets up that or, or different things. Um, and, and so I, I think that, man, there, there's there's problems with both of them. Um, you know, uh, and especially with Falcon the Winter Soldier, didn't take enough risk. All right, what if? oh that's fantastic well i think that's gonna do it we've got miss marvel as our winner is any final thoughts on the bracket before we start wrapping up i do have a question for leah but doesn't have to do with the the bracket so okay yeah well go ahead i'm just i'm just curious of the big slate and all that and you know because I know you enjoy the MCU as, as well, right? But which one is like 2023 most anticipated? Ooh. And for those listening, just for context, we are recording the week before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So that's still yes. on the table here. Because by the time uh, this yes. comes out, that will be out. And that will be out. About. But like, what, yeah. what, is, what is the thing you're looking at and you're like, I mean, honestly, this is kind of goes against my my final vote in this bracket. But Loki season two, I am really, really, really (laughs) looking forward to. (laughs) So glad I asked that question now. Oh no! (laughs) Should we do a redo? Do we want to start over? (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic! Cut, edit. You know, the marbles is right there. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. So, but, but okay. Outside of that though, there, I get it. There's some intrigue because of completely new writer, completely new director, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, I'm also really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That I think of the films, that's the film that I'm looking forward to. You know, you mentioned earlier where you were like, oh, I don't know if I can say this because you talked about not liking Bucky. In a similar vein, <laughs> I, I'm excited about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but so excited that I forget it's a Marvel movie sometimes. Like, the Guardians feels <laughs> like it's its own thing. That it's like, oh, yeah. It does. C- conclusion. It's yeah. like... I keep forgetting to include it into like everything else. <laughs> it really doesn't, especially now that James Gunn, like he left and came back and now he's, you know, working with DC. Um, I don't know if, if you uh, perpetuate that feud on this podcast or not, or if we can all get along. Um, <laughs> but now, especially that he's like kind of the new architect of the DCEU, like it's really easy to just kind of forget that James Gunn and is, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, still working with Marvel and the Guardians are like part of Marvel. Yeah, because those films do feel very distinct, you know, even though you have the Guardians in other MCU films, like the actual Guardians films do have their own style and and tone and flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, this is a topic for another day, but since we're here, I wonder if the Guardians films are the most standalone of all the projects, because they really are just kind of on isolated to themselves. Yeah. I think you can totally watch at least the first two. And I'm assuming this third one is going to be the same kind of as an isolated trilogy. I mean, Mm -hmm. because what happens with the guardians characters in the other MCU films so far hasn't really influenced like the actual guardians of the galaxy films. So I'm wondering about this third one, because this is after, um, you know, the blip and all that. Yeah. Mainly just how do they handle Gamora? That's going to yes. be the question there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, other than that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, no, I'm looking for, I mean, I'm interested uh, as far as the feud go. I, I mean, there's not much of a feud. Like there has to be competition mm-hmm. between the two sides to actually have a feud. Um, oh, I thought you were going somewhere no, else. So, I thought you meant competition. Um, things throwing better. down the gauntlet. Um, well, okay. Look, I'm, in terms of the movies, I I clearly MCU over DC. But like when you really dive into it, like if you talk about like the animated stuff that Marvel puts out versus DC, like DC's animated is just top notch. Like if you're going to hop on HBO Max and watch the three seasons of Young Justice, which are just great, or any of the movies, you know, any of them. And, and, and so it's, so for me, it's not a like, DC's a problem or I don't like DC. It's just movies side by side, Christopher Nolan aside, the, the MCU is better, but that doesn't mean like I loved watching the CW stuff. Like I really loved that. Um, and again, the animated stuff, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, you know, and, and so, so yeah, so it's, it's just, um, so that's why I jokingly say there's no feud, but it, 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 but I say that just because there's almost like, it's hard to compare them because they, because mm-hmm. they do this so well, yeah. but this one does that so well. And this one doesn't. So, 
No, it's totally true because when you're looking at like the the universe building, like the DCEU proper versus the MCU, there is no competition. And the DCEU has just been trying to do what Marvel's been doing and failing. So like, that's totally <laughs> fair if you're just comparing the the cinematic universes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, but that's hands down the animated stuff. If you've not, if you've not seen any of the, the DC animated stuff, I'd for me personally, Young Justice is just phenomenal. My podcast brain is now trying to figure out how to make a bracket with some DC stuff and Marvel stuff to really put that to the <laughs> test once we have the timer <laughs> and see how those conversations oh play out. <laughs> see, but in, but, but to, do, to do that in fairness, you would have to open it up beyond MCU and DCU and like include the original Superman, X-Men, mm-hmm. X2. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, because because some of you know Tim Burton Batman, I think could possibly beat some. There, Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins could probably beat some MCU movies, like in a, in a bracket style. We'll put a pin on it. We'll we'll think about it and see if this doesn't come to fruition right. at some point. <laughs> might be a might, yeah, okay. Get messy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's the hashtag promo for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leah, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. It's always a blast to get to work with you. And I'm so glad you got to join us for a bracket episode. Yeah, thank you for having me on for this episode. It was so much fun. And yeah, you really you feel the pressure of the timer. You're listening to a bracket episode and you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, I could yeah. do that. And then you're on and you're like, oh, my God, the clock is ticking. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to join you for this. Yeah, episode. thank you so much. I was just going to say, I, I got distracted. I have your uh, screen spec website up I'm on another <laughs> on another tab. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, thank you for joining us and stuff. I'm excited about going through and reading your stuff on, this, on the screen spec. Thank you. Yeah. Of course, like we said, we'll link all of your work in the show notes. Uh, at The Mingtacular is where people can follow you on Twitter if they want to keep in contact with you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to highlight here on the way out? I think you did a wonderful job of spotlighting all my work at the top. So I think we have said enough about me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this show, you can always follow us at MCD to know both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, But the best place to get in contact with us is the discord. Uh, We've got a lovely community of people who are as invested in the MCU um, are as equally invested in other pop culture stuff. We've got a last of us thread, which by now is probably over when this episode's out. Uh, We've got movies game nights it's a wonderful group of people you can find the link for that in the show notes and do us a favor leave a rating and review uh word of mouth is fantastic and please go check out leah's work it is amazing of course we'd like to thank nick sandy for the use of our theme song which is his rendition of the avengers theme you can find more of his work on his soundcloud which is linked in the show notes as well that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening leah and jude thank you so much for doing this yeah thank you thank you we'll see you all next week Boom, that's an episode. Ooh. Yay. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, I had so much fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I'm glad. How how was it on your end seeing the bracket in my camera? Was it helpful or was it too small? Was your how did that go? It was too it was too blurry. I couldn't see it, so I just used the oh. link.
Yeah, I used yeah. I used the link. I had a split yeah. screen. I yeah. have to check that. Um, That's a bummer. So yeah, yeah. Um, also, it was in. It was mirror. Oh, it inverse. was backwards. Yeah, it was. That's well. I that's so funny because I went through and was like testing Zencaster, and whenever I had my camera up, it was backwards to me. I guess without telling you, they flip it to the other person. So I flipped it in OBS, so it just went back to the default state. <laughs> 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 all right well all now work. i know for next time yeah yeah so That's when we got funny. under a minute there was a second where i had to like think it was like okay wait it's not three seconds it's 30 seconds okay <laughs> yeah it's yeah, so yeah. funny i spent hours <laughs> testing all this and i didn't realize because oh, like no. i got on discord calls i was like hey how does this look can you hear this does everything sound okay there's no echoes i did that like for a week straight <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, thank y'all for going mm-hmm. along with it and not not calling it out in the episode. <laughs> Didn't want to uh, mess up the flow. 